everybody and welcome to the local fate show. My name is Azura and today on the very very first episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down with our very own our very first Singapore's first Olympian rower Aisha. Um okay, I had the pleasure of getting to know her back in 2015-2016. She was overseas, um, I think, training for the Rio Olympics uh, in 2016. She was such, such a giving soul and we knew that we wanted her to be a guest on our show. So um, for this, on this episode, um, she shared a few things, you know, her journey and struggles as an athlete, you know, her love and hate relationship on something she, which she just picked up and sh- she shared her three truths and a little snippet on what's next for her. So before we get to it, um, if you do want to support us, there are a few ways for you to do so. You know, leave, uh, you know, click the like button. You can share an episode with your friends. You know, help us share a little love, and watch this space for our next few guests. Um, so before we jump into it, remember, be bold and always stay inspired. Always sharing the love. So, um, before Miss, okay, okay. But um, mentioning that, how do you 
Will you ever imagine life without rowing? As in, I mean, it, it's part of you, right? It's part of mm-hmm. who you, what, what you do every day for the past 13 years. Yeah, for you to be an Olympian. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell us a bit more about that. How about how you? Uh, well, when I was training intensively for the Olympics, um, so it was like rowing every single day. I can never imagine myself without rowing because it, I, it became like part of my life. Mm-hmm. But then I was... Uh, seeing a mental skills coach then, mm-hmm. like a sports psychologist, and he did advise me to not think rowing as uh, your life okay. and think about it as part of your life because eventually one day everyone will have to stop their sport, they have to retire, okay. and then that's when like all these challenges like you know depression, feeling a loss of identity comes in mm-hmm. because you lose something that you feel that is part of your life. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's, you are always human first and then athletes again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what we tend to forget when we are always like being so involved in our sport or involved in whatever work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. That we forget that, you know, it's okay to take a break sometimes or it's okay to be human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, initially when I was at my peak, when it was the Olympic period, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine my life without rowing. But now that it has like locked down a little, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get used to the life without rowing because I know that eventually, I won't be able to row okay. one day. Yeah. How's that? How's that going for you? <laughs> Is it? Uh, well, I have uh, prettier hands now. Because <laughs> I have blisters all over okay, my hands. And, and stuff. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and even someone commented the other day like, Wow, you have more feminine arms. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, okay. I miss rowing. I miss rowing a lot. Um, but of course, definitely I feel that I've I'm not done yet with rowing. Mm-hmm. I will definitely get back into it. I'm not retired yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just taking it one step at a time. Okay. Uh, but the, the good thing about not rowing is that um, I get to do more other stuff. Okay. Like now I'm training for triathlon. So triathlon, you have three sports to train. So it gives you more time for that. Okay. And you don't have to wake up at crazy hours in the morning, like 4am or 4.30am to get on the water. Okay. And I think the one of the best part is because you get in the water, because you don't really be in the water all the time, mm-hmm. you don't get so dark. <laughs> I used to be so dark, just like the fairest I've ever been. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but I try to keep my fitness up by doing all this triathlon. Mm-hmm. I still go to the gym as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Okay, but why the sudden interest of triathlon? Have you always oh. been interested in, I mean, cycling, running and swimming, right? Mm. So three races. Uh, have yeah. you always been, have you always wondered that, okay, if I retire, I will do triathlon? No, not at all. Okay, <laughs> so what, yeah. what, what, what makes you um, want to take that? That's very strange because uh, I couldn't swim last year. Mm-hmm. So I just picked up swimming last year. Okay. And I hated cycling. Okay. Yeah, I hate it so much. Usually during our rowing training camps, we we'll go cycle for about three hours and I hate it. So I know that it's um, I want to overcome a fear of swimming in the sea just because um, I went surfing once and then the board hit my nose and I broke my nose so that's why I never dared to swim in the sea. Uh, so it was about overcoming my fears and also to just deal with what I hate which is cycling and then I, eventually I started to like it. Like the more I do it, I start to like it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, okay, since I, I'm already, already doing a lot of running mm-hmm. and I can swim now and I, and I like cycling, so why not I try to do a triathlon? Okay. Yeah, so I signed up for the first triathlon, which is the uh, spring triathlon, the Trifactor in Singapore. Okay. And I gave myself one month to train for it. I know one month is a bit too short, but <laughs> like a lot of people train like a year or more than a year for it. But 
I think the shorter the de- de- deadline, the better. It gives more pressure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how athletes are. Yeah. We actually like self-driven. Yeah. Otherwise, when it's too long, you yeah. take your own sweet time. That's true, so that's I was true. swimming every single day for one month. Okay. Like I couldn't even complete like a lap mm-hmm. in the pool, like 50 meters. Okay. So when I completed the first 50 meters, it was like a, an achievement. Okay. And then the next week, I tried to complete like 100 meters without stopping. Okay. And then eventually, I built up like 1K mm-hmm. and then 2K. Okay. Then I was like, wow. wow, at the start of this month, I couldn't even swim. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was why I did the triathlon, mm-hmm. and because I have a lot of people, uh, friends who did triathlon as well. I, I mean, they do triathlon like Ironman and all that. So I was wondering like, what's so fun and addictive about it? Okay. But it's actually quite addictive <laughs> because <laughs> because the trainings are very long, okay. and you're always like it's similar to rowing, long trainings, and if you and only by yourself, mm-hmm. so you're always talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's quite therapeutic in a way. Okay. But you're killing yourself, but it's quite therapeutic. So okay. Okay. <laughs> there, right? yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. After my first triathlon, um, I feel that it was painful, but I wanted to do more. Okay, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can I just ask you? Okay, is it? I mean, you you talking about your triathlon and you just picked it up one month and stuff like that, mm. right? So, can I just ask you? Is it? I mean, have you? Mentally, right? People always say that you have to have the mental strength as, as an athlete, right? It's a very one of the most important factors of being an athlete, right? I mean, for us not to give up and stuff like that. What, what do you think that plays a part that you picked it up in one month and you, you improve so much in just a month? I mean, um, the factors that, that, yeah. that brings it. Well, I've never really thought about it that way, but mm-hmm. I think it does play a role. Okay. Like, being like mentally resilient. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing that you only have one month and you have you have to make use of every single day to train for that race. Um, but yeah, I think because I'm very used to pushing myself every day for mm-hmm. rowing as well, so I think do, that transition into doing these long hours of training for triathlon mm-hmm. was quite easy for me because some people are not used to running like 10k every day. Mm-hmm. But for rowing, Wait, sorry, you ran 10k <laughs> every day. Uh? Oh my god! <laughs> I <laughs> <can't>, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because I'm used to it, mm, I okay. think that's why it was easier. Okay. But maybe being used to it also built my mental strength. I didn't really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it did play a part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Oh <laughs> 10, 10 kilometers every day. Okay. Um. Okay. Just okay. You. Um. You mentioned about okay. I uh, just want to touch something about struggles as an athlete. As in, um, how do you get it? through your day to day. Do you have a job? I mean when you were rowing and stuff like that. So how how what's the what is the process like in Singapore like said to be in the full time and stuff like that? Okay, uh, before the Olympic year I was uh, working in Nian Poly mm-hmm. as a sports uh, officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was quite difficult because uh, I had to train like about 4.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. around the period and I had to rush to work, start at 8 a.m. and then I finish at 6 p.m. and then after that I go back to training. So every day was like that, just repeat, repeat and sometimes like, during lunch time I have to train as well. And then I realised that it brought me nowhere, like my performance in rowing wasn't that good, my performance at work wasn't that good. So that's why I decided to let go of my job. Mm-hmm. But thankfully my employees were employees. Employees. Employees were very supportive. Like Nepali gave me um, um, about two years worth of uh, no pay leave oh, yeah, for me to go pursue my athletic career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I became a full-time athlete. Okay. So that was much easier because after training you get to rest, which usually most of us don't do. Mm-hmm. But then I had to struggle a bit with resting as well because I'm not used to resting. Mm-hmm. 
and then you tend to like walk around or you know go shopping or do, do all these things but my coach said um, as, as a full-time athlete rest means rest like you really have to sit down or lie down mm-hmm. and do absolutely nothing okay. which I, need, I needed to get used to mm-hmm. yeah but now that the full-time athlete period is over <laughs> it's so hard for me to you know <laughs> yeah um, find time to rest again um, support system is very important, right? Yeah. A, um, I mean, throughout the 13 years, I mean, how important is a support system? Let's say, I mean, to, to any athlete mm-hmm. or to, to, to the young athletes that they want. I mean, for parents, and it comes to your TMs and your coaches, yeah. and I mean, the surrounding, how important is support? I believe that it is very important. Um, <coughs> for my, I mean, for my family, my brothers were very supportive, my dad's very supportive, but the biggest challenge was my mom. My mom was not supportive at all okay. because rowing always took me away from her. Okay. So she didn't really like the fact that I'm always overseas and not with her because okay. I'm her only daughter. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but then the thing is, they, uh, you know, all these quotes that you see online, they say that, you know, you should surround yourself with people who motivate you, whether your mom isn't motivating you. So that's why, as much as I don't like leaving home, like sometimes being away from home also, I realize that. It makes me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no <laughs> emotional I mean I mean Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't have your mom to nag you, you know you can be an adult finally. Okay. And then like uh, support system like your coach is very important. Your coach must believe in you. Because for me, my coach before um, the Olympics period, he was a volunteer coach. Okay. So he was not paid for about three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he was there for every training before me. So knowing that your coach is more dedicated than you, wow. you know, makes you okay. want to push yeah. as hard as you can, like do it for him. And then like I have the support of, um, of course, Sports SG came in after that, mm-hmm. and then they provided me with all this, uh, the scholarship, mm-hmm. which lifted a lot of financial burden on my, mm-hmm. off, off my shoulders. Huh? So because of that, I can concentrate more on just training mm-hmm. and just pushing myself like every single day. I don't have to think about you know where to get this money from how to set a crop fund and all that kind of things. But that's a struggle, right? As in, yeah. if you want to pursue something that you really love, and then you, you, you know that you have to focus 100% on that. Yeah. Would you do anything different? Actually, no. Yeah, even if, um, like, when I set up the crowdfunding page, right, for mm-hmm. the Olympics journey, um, it made some people unhappy. Mm-hmm. But even <laughs> if it made some people unhappy, I think I've learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot to communicate better with people so that they don't be so unhappy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't regret any uh, step that I take. Okay, yeah. that's good. It's, it's a learning journey because if you were to, you never know what the outcome. Is. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is something that you're most proud of that people don't know? Or I don't know. I don't know whether. Yeah. What is something that you're really proud of that you know, most people don't know? Maybe your mom knows or. Someone close to me, but someone that you want to share. Something that you want to share, that you're most proud of. Come on! This is a hard question. Really? Yeah. Really? The moment that you're most proud of. Um, I guess, uh, it doesn't have to be like growing, it can be anything. Actually, it's growing. Okay. What would I expect? The moment, um, my mom, like, when, when like she brings me out and then she tells her friend, oh, this is my daughter, you know, the Olympic role. Wow, that moment really like, changed my life. Like, you know, after years and years of her not being like happy about your rowing achievement. I mean, like, she's always happy about my rowing achievements, but it's always hard for me to leave the country to train and compete. But the moment like you see for yourself that she goes 
telling her friends, like even strangers, like what is my daughter? She represents Singapore, mm-hmm. you know, in drawing. So it makes me like, what you know, all these sacrifices is actually quite worth it. Mm. So that's the most proudest moment. So I can say, I can. It's easy to say to you, very close to your mom. No, not at all. You no, I think it's yeah. typical like mother daughter, you know, fiction. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I mean, it happens. Okay. Yeah, she gives me a lot of pressure because I'm the, her only daughter. Okay. Yeah, so <coughs> I must lead that normal daughter life, but I'm nothing like that. I keep on disappointing her. Okay. So. <laughs> so I cannot be her ideal daughter. It's okay. I think mean, you are her daughter, and I think she's very. I mean, I think that she's very proud of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, um, speaking about that, okay, what is the most um, humbling experience that you have? So hard. Is <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay your time? What is the most humbling experience? Uh, <coughs> I guess for me is when when people come up to me mm-hmm. and say that wow, you know, because of you, I decided to do this or I decided to overcome this fear or I decided to chase this dream or goal. Uh, when kids come to you and say, I want to be just like you, you know, you never imagine that you'll be a role model mm-hmm. or you will be able to motivate someone in your life. Mm-hmm. And being able to be that person, I think, you know, makes you think about how far you've come in the journey and knowing that you've been through all these uh, obstacles, but then you push through, uh, I guess, it sort of like, no matter how far you are on top, like, all these moments remind me that, you know, uh, oh, listen, don't forget who, where you come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. And because I come from a, like, I come from a, honestly, it's a dysfunctional family. Like, okay. my parents were divorced when I was four. Um, and then, you know, in the typical setting, Malay setting, you know, divorced family, you expect, you know, a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But despite all these problems that I have in my family, I mean, every family has their problems. Mm-hmm. Like, I always go around, like, especially when I go to, like, um, you know, community centers or, like, girls' home mm-hmm. and things like that. I always encourage them to. You know, not think about their family background to shape them into what they are. Like, don't say that, oh, because my parents are divorced, I have to be this way. I don't think it should be that way. But, I mean, like, even if you achieve, like, achievement one day, but you should at least, like, not forget where you come from. Mm-hmm. So that's when we always have to give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you, you always believe in giving back? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because I think that if we don't do the giving back, then who else will, right? Yeah. There was a point, right? As in, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you mentioned something about the, the tough times. Yeah. Okay. I mean, everyone goes through tough times differently, um, through bad days. I mean, every day can be a bad day. One one minute of a good, good second is is motivating enough. But how do you actually get through the struggles? Mm. A bad day or a bad moment. How do you pick yourself up? Okay, um, <coughs> I use to use training as an outlet. Like, okay. because I'm having a bad day, I will like you know go out like you know push myself. Okay. Because for me, training is as hard as it is. It's quite therapeutic. That's why I enjoy it. Um, but how I overcome a bad day is always to remind myself that you know um, things will always get better. Mm-hmm. Like. No matter how shit you feel, um, that's when the, you feel that it's the lowest and then you want to get out of there and you will eventually do something to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you have a bad day will actually make you appreciate good days even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay, that's right. So do you have a favorite tune? 
Or is that you know, yeah? I mean, a uh, favorite uh, playlist or tune is the one song that you like a song, yeah, is it? like a song that you you know, like I think it changes it from, from different mood, is it? Yeah, So usually, no, like okay. the road season, <laughs> I'll have one song that I always listen to, okay. and then the next season there's another song. Okay, yeah. I don't know why it's just weird that way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, usually, I remember the song that you know, like I always listen to last mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But what? Just last one. <laughs> just curious. Okay. I mean, like um, during the Olympics, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that it was uh, "Brave" by Sarah. Sarah. Okay. What's her name? Barisils. Ah, Bar 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 Barisil Barisil. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. It was a very motivating song. So you listen to the song like on repeat. Just yeah. Okay, that's interesting. We should try that. That's interesting. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'm just gonna um, ask you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had a pause moment. Okay, I just wanna ask you. Okay, if if let's say, I mean, um, we we try to live every day like it's you know to give back and to to give. Let's say simple good vibes, right? If if today was your last day, what are the three lessons that you would share, or three three lessons that you wanna share? Three things that's very important for you. Three truths. I think number one and the very most important is always be kind to others. Yeah, I think it's in a world of all this hatred and cruelty. I think it's important for us to be kind to each other because we're lacking in that. <laughs> um, number two is um, do what makes you happy and not what makes others happy. <laughs> I think we all live too much about thinking about what others think. Yeah, so I think we should focus more on ourselves because we only live once. Yeah. Um, I think the third one would be hmm, there's a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Juice. <laughs> um, let me see. What do I live by? Sounds too close to you. Um. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, it's giving back. Like, um, there's always because I always tell myself that okay, when I'm rich one day, I will give back to society. But. Um, you know, when I'm ready, I will always give back. But there was never time when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you, you're not rich, but I'm sure you're rich in some other things. Like, for me, I feel that uh, I'm rich in all these experiences mm-hmm. that others can learn from. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going around like, sharing all this wisdom that I have, wisdom that I have, you know, stories to share. Um, and it's my way of giving back, even though like, I'm not rich. And yeah, you can give back anything to society. And I think uh, with the giving back and kindness, I think. We have have the ability to change the world like one step at a time. That's well said. Finish the last one. Well said. One step at a time. One step at a time. Okay, sorry. I just um, okay. Um, sorry. I just I'm just gonna go back a bit, right? Because you mentioned about rowing and stuff like that. So, um, what are you gonna do now? As in, um, if you put rowing at a halt at the moment, yeah. or are you gonna? Um, what, yeah. What's your plan? Sure. I'm taking a break from rowing. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm slowly trying to get back into it. Okay. But uh, it's been challenging. That's <laughs> uh, I distract myself with all these triathlons. Um, but also uh, because I want to go back into teaching, mm-hmm. so I intend to go overseas to do some volunteering teaching and also coaching and also learn how you know other countries set up their boat clubs, how their boat clubs are being run, so that. I can gain all this experience, bring it back to Singapore, and eventually, who knows, I'll be able to set up my own boat club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So the so the next six months, we can you'll be 
something around. Okay, to do your teaching and stuff like that yeah. in other countries. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna ask you something. This is good. I think it will be a bit more stressful for you. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's fine. It's fine. It's supposed to be fine. Okay. So if um you only got five, like, you only five seconds to think. Okay. Five seconds. I'm gonna really, literally five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Okay. What is the at the top of your head? What is the most craziest thing that's at the top of your head that you would do right now? Five seconds. Anything in the world. Five seconds. Oh, five. Easy. I'll just oh. take a plane and go <laughs> to Hawaii, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Why? Why Hawaii though? As in. been there and told me it's beautiful. I love the beach and I'm only that kind who likes to like get away <laughs> to all these places because I feel that being here is quite stifling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, stressful I guess. It is. Yeah. Okay. 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 So um, I'm gonna, we're gonna um, wrap it up. I mean we, we thank you for coming. Wait hang on I got one question. Sorry I think I didn't kill me. But okay I got one, one, one more question. Sure. Okay. What is I mean, what is your definition of legacy? As in, what do you? I mean, you are an Olympian. I mean, the only Olympian and growing Olympian. What's the legacy that you want to leave behind? People know you, but what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? <laughs> what is legacy? What is legacy to you? Um, <clears throat> I think legacy to me is um, creating an impact on someone's life. Um, I think you can be as great as you can, but if you don't, you know. And impact, I don't think that's considered that great. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's being able to promote my sport, share the love of uh, the sport to others, and seeing that you know others can benefit from growing, you know, being fitter, or even helping someone get to the Olympics. I think that would be my idea of a legacy. Okay. 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 Um, we're gonna close this up. I just want to tell you that I mean. We are really thank you for coming by. I mean, we had the first interview online, remember? Yeah. I think it was like what three, four years ago. Yeah, so long ago. So long ago. <laughs> it was before your Olympics. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you were you were you were very um how do you say this? You very you were very um. Oh my god, I just lost the word. Sorry. <laughs> um, you're very generous, as in generous with your time, and I, I mean that's the thing. That's why you, that's why you, I felt that we, we wanted to approach you because you're such a genuine person and. And all the best. I mean, we hope that you will continue growing one day. But it's okay. I mean, like you said, right? You will go at your own pace, and you will do at your own pace. Thanks for having me. No worries. Okay, before we end, yeah. where can we find you? Your, I mean, you Instagram, social media. Can I talk to the camera now? Yes. You <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can follow me on my Instagram at Arisha. A-R-I-E-S-Y-E-H or my Facebook page at Aisha Roa. Okay, and also you have a, a what's that a, 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 a podcast? Uh, oh yeah, I do have yeah. a podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 uh, doing this podcast uh, for athletes um, mm. uh, and it's called Sports Gala Show. You can find it on YouTube and also on like is it iTunes yeah. and all that kind of thing? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure you still, but um, yeah, you can always find it on YouTube or I, I also have an Instagram account on it, Sports Gala Show, one word. Um, yeah, and you can find a lot of information there. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That's all for today. Bye.